When you go for a job, or you take for a job, you still have to make an application somewhere in the middle of the correct? I'm not going to correct on this. Okay. I don't know if it was surprising, but since you need to walk on your resume, what you say? What you is supposed to impress people. It's supposed to, you know, tell them the of education and all that. The gospel call was one guy who was full of himself. 
in Christ. Number two, our salvation costs the Father's promise. Even though we take free of us and never stay, we stay for purpose. We have to stay to stay. We stay for purpose. He can pull up before his conversion to Christ by faith. He doesn't even really think for now, right? He would be self deluded by religion. Right before the heaven. We're going to do it for God. Lord, I'm glad I'm not that sinner. Look at him. He's on his knees and he's crying out for mercy, but I don't need to do that. We're not perfect. After all, I never cheated on him. I never, you know, this. I never dabbled in the lie. Never lied. Before I encountered with Christ. Now, his resume was important. In the fact that it compared him to do the work that God really intended him to do. If he was willing to bring them all up. It's not only his dumb in the original language, that's what he says. Captain is dumb. He retreated for the surpassing knowledge of knowing Christ more intimately. And that's what it's all about. And so, hold that right in your mind. We come to the, the, the message this morning. Let me ask whoever's going to help with the four things that we're going to be talking about. We have a very, very good to us, and uh, uh, we have a lot uh, to be grateful for. Um, yeah, I'm going to up this morning. Okay. You know, I'm trying to shout out to in real life. Right for the The world is wet. When I had breakfast, that, that was good too, right? We take so much for granted. We take church for granted many times. This is not my church. This is the church. That Jesus wants to get out. That's who we are to him, buddy. Worshiping, giving of our tithes, our offerings, uh, giving of our talents, our time, our resources is so important. So we can worship. We do not have to find in giving. Let's pray. Father, as we pray for the offering, we just want to stop and remember the people down the valley. Total devastation, Father. More than a hundred people perished in that fire. And yet there's still some more missing. Pray for those families. Father, that through this tragedy, that the, the gospel, Father, would bring comfort and peace to those who are there. Thank you for Samaritan's person who has a presence that you're helping and ministering to people. And Father, unfortunately, you never hear about that on things. But Jesus is present there through Samaritan's presence in every place of faith. Father, for the shooting victims over this weekend, people shot in the Dollar General down in Jacksonville, Florida, for no reason other than for their skin color. People shot in other places, Father. Um, this, the violence is getting so out of hand 
and the sustainer of a country who needs to know Jesus. And so, Father, as we give to the Lord, would you bless the gift of the giver? Would you help us as best as we are able through the power of the Holy Spirit point people to the grace of Jesus Christ? And we'll give you all the glory. It's in his name we call. Amen. I, I want you to follow me. Please put phones down. And uh, if you're not following the scripture on your phone, turn it off. And uh, you can follow the scripture here. Or, uh, I already you to bring a Bible back. You know, we still didn't have books, right? Whether you want to realize it or not. Uh, we still have books, so uh, I urge you to see the attention. You heard me say in the past that um, we talk about a dysfunctional system, a system uh, that takes on a life of its own. Now, listen, uh, a system could be a family, could be small to husband and wife, it could be a church, it could be a whole movement. We live in systems, we don't live in isolation, at least most of us don't, right? Uh, we don't live in isolation. However, when a system encounters a problem, all systems do. If the problem is not identified and recognized and corrected properly, that system becomes dysfunctional. You understand that? Yes? No? Okay. Every system, every family is dysfunctional. That means we have problems. And how we handle those problems are important. Right? Either we handle them in a way that honors God and is true to Scripture, or we don't and we perpetuate the dysfunctionality. In fact, I'll give you an example. Many times, Families where there's drug addiction or alcoholism. Um, it affects the whole family. No such thing as a private single. It's impossible. But let's just say there's a family and there's a problem with a drug addiction or alcoholism. Many times that family gets used to that dysfunctionality. But when someone in the family says, enough is enough, you have to correct this. A dysfunctional system will do anything it can to preserve itself. In other words, the system will say, no, it's not a drug or alcohol, that's just an issue here. It's you. It's you. In psychological terms, they call that the identified patient. 
that misinformation by the system is usually not the one causing trouble. Is that what happened in the garden? And he came time to be accountable, and he had a perfect time. And he had rebellion on the part of both Eve and Adam. And when they were supposed to account by God, that knew what happened. But they had to be accountable to it. And you know the story, right? Adam, what did you do? She did. She's the bad one here, God. He said, why did you do it? The devil did it. See, the devil's a great idea. I mean, not That's how dysfunctional system works. And usually the dysfunctional system that refuses to work is because it's a reason loss of power, money, greed, position. This is not a good idea. This is what Jesus says. Jesus was a living environment, fully fully God's holy man, being a word of truth. And when Jesus confronted sin, he lived the bad guy. Isn't that true? He wanted to bring healing, hope, salvation, correction, to say, look, and many of the people said, no, Jesus, you're the problem. You're the problem. You're the problem. Then he came back with the Pharisees. Because after Jesus brought Lazarus from the grave, he experienced the religious people. The Pharisees decided to say, Jesus now became a real threat to the dysfunctional system of religion. And if you don't believe me, you must take a look. Okay? Now, therefore, many kids go to come to visit Mary on uh, the morning of Lazarus, by the way. So they thought Lazarus and had returned. And I see what Jesus did, believed in him. Uh oh. They believed in Jesus. Right? But some of them went to the Pharisees and they told them what Jesus had done. You know, God forgive me, but in, in my notes, I believe these people to snitches. Right? Yeah, they went to the Pharisees. Yeah, it only takes a few. It only takes a few. Right? <laughs> This guy's talking the system. You should know that. People are starting to follow him. They got to leave you. You know that. The Pharisees, they were part of a corrupt religious system. So the Pharisees are still here. They told him what Jesus had done. Many years ago, when I came to Christ, I was working in a job, second job. And uh, when I came to Christ, I started growing in him. You know, I had a secretary. She came to my office one day and she said to me, 
I try to look at this question. How do we remove Jesus from our situation? Well, the first thing is our relationships. I've never seen in, in all the years I've been doing ministry have a professing Christian see nothing wrong with living together outside the bonds of marriage. Let's all live together. Whatever life's doing, that's the whole life. Divorce rate, we have to deal with church is higher than the world. That's kind of big, Jesus. Anyway, after all, I'm entitled to be happy. Don't want to give you a clue. No, you're not. In Christ, we're to be obedient. In Christ, we're supposed to base our lives on loving others. Like I had a couple of in my office one day, arguing with cats and dogs. I mean, all couples argue, right? But I really like cats and dogs. And you know, one of them said to me, I have a right to be happy. I don't want to be with her anymore. And I looked at him and I said, What makes you such a jewel? I can't I said, we got this all wrong. We're not talking about our right to be happy here. We're talking about doing what we've done. So let's back up a little bit. Let's start talking about that. Because everything else is based on what we want. Not what God wants. We all know we've removed that in priceless schools. Right? You know, ancient days when I was in public school, we read the songs in the morning. The Ten Commandments were mostly right. Well, we did a good job in the name of diversity and all that other little garbage to get Jesus out of the school. But you see, it's the law. I don't care. We don't have objection this week. That's fine. I don't care. We took Jesus out of our businesses. Professing Christians mocking and cheating at the businesses. It's just a business. Listen, church is church. Business is business. No, church is church. And God needs to be glorified in your business. See, if we were thinking in the right theology, and thinking according to scripture, we would let ourselves get away with this stuff. Isn't that right? We shut the Christ out of families. You see, you know what's correct, but it used to be, we used to eat dinner together. Remember those days? You know, we eat dinner together just on cigarettes before dinner, unashamedly. Some families were praying together. Some families would have evening devotionals as well as that. But in deference to soccer and baseball and football, who's doing what here, who's doing what here. We don't need to be together. 
taking Christ out of the family? Who's taking Christ out of the church? We come with our own agendas rather than listening to his. We come and we say, if you don't play the type of music I want, I'm going to find another church that does. Or if I, if I don't hear the preaching I want, I am going to go to another church. Or we come and go through the motions. Easy to put something in the offering or write a check in. And go through the motions and say, I did my duty. That's not what this is all about. This is our group of people that comes together in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ to glorify God and Him, to grow together. To have those times where we be honest before God and confess our sin, that's what we were saving to Him about. Have His forgiveness, to love one another, to have praise to the Holy Spirit and the Lord to speak to us. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way. Don't forsake the assembly that some believers have. You heard me say this last week the average attendance for the evangelical church in America is people come once every four to five weeks. Work. If you're a believer in Christ, the salary is still work. If you're a believer in Christ, then you should be. The best worker in order to glorify him. I don't care about things in this world. I glorify Christ in the God. Our culture. Because of this world nonsense and LGBTQ nonsense and nonsense, there's no more room for the word of God. In our culture, there's no more room for our savior in the culture. We said it out. There's no more room for the authority of God. Well, Pastor, why do you say that? Well, because the Bible says when God created mankind, he created them male and female. Who's taking Christ out of our finances? It's estimated only 2% of evangelical, professing evangelical Christians' tithes. Only 2%. The tithes is given to 10%. And people will say, oh, Pastor, that's, that's Old Testament. No, it's not. No, Jesus had established that before the world was even given. And if you look at it, how giving was looked at by Jesus in the New Testament, you will find out that Jesus says, keep it sacrificial. Let me give you a standardized statistic. If everyone in the evangelical church time, there would be no need for any church, no matter its size. That's a fact. That's a fact. Either it would be 
counted one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine areas where we kind of take Jesus. Because we think he has nothing to do with these areas. He's everything to do with these areas. Do the kind of Jesus no longer moves about publicly among the people of Judah. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the wilderness to a village called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. The reason why he did that is because he didn't want to do but his time did not come yet. It was not time for him to die. The Father knew the exact and precise time that Jesus needed to go to the cross. It was near death. You want to see things improve in our country. One of these things improves in the state. One of these things improves in the family. One of these things improves in schools. Improves in churches. Let's see the Lord of the Lord. 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 Which is the name of the light of the world. And in the beginning of John, it says it began with the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. And he talks about the word that made the light of mankind. But he said, well, we're part of the rebellious, dysfunctional, Culture. We will do everything we can to distinguish the light. But the first chapter of John is another statement we kind of will say it. He says this Darkness cannot comprehend nor extinguish the light. Jesus says, to his fellow disciples, as to the church, you are the light of the world. You are the light. Let's see, Jesus see, I'm sorry, let people see Jesus seeing through you. Real Jesus. People don't need religion. People need Jesus. People don't need me standing up here in a row, standing up on my suit. You don't need to know my name, you need to know Jesus. For without that, there's no hope. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. You can take a passage like this and look at what's happening in our country and say, oh, I can see this in action now. We in our sinfulness want to preserve that which makes us comfortable. 
that which makes us wealthy, that which makes us have power and pride and prestige, no matter how dishonest it may be. So who encourages you to go home and turn on the news right now? Because we see this played out every day of our lives. Not only in the news, not only in the political system, but also in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our culture. May Christ alone is our only hope. May us the ways of our faith. I think next week's going to be my last message uh, in John, uh, and then I'm going to be uh, doing a series uh, in the Olivet Discourse. And uh, if you want to read ahead, that's Matthew 24 and 25. Uh, it's great and it's complicated, but we work through it together. Listen, I'm pleading you as a pastor. I pleading you myself. Let's be careful of how Jesus means.
Thank you.